So Jesus famously came preaching about a kingdom. It's a word that he used. He spoke about kingdoms, kingdom of God and kingdom of heaven. And so this morning I wanted to sort of take a step back and not so much talk about his kingdom, but some other kingdoms. Because when he proclaimed this message, it wasn't in a vacuum. There was stuff that was happening around in that world. And so, I mean, you know this, I like to go off on, like, golf piste on issues of history and things like that. I just love that, you know. And sometimes there's a passage or a, a book or a verse or a psalm or something that speaks to us, and there's this timeless message that might speak to you and it might speak to your grandchildren and the next generation. And there are parts of the word that just do that. And Scripture is incredibly Powerful and amazing that way. But you know, sometimes when you dig a little bit deeper and you just sort of say, why did he use that word? What was going on at that time? It also brings out like another whole flavor. It's like you see a whole lot of other colors of the rainbow that you haven't seen. So maybe, you know, maybe we'll experience some of that. I experienced that the whole time. Um, I just love looking into these things. And um, so I was thinking of this thing of kingdoms. Jesus said, the kingdom, God's kingdom has come near. And so I was sitting with with that this week, and uh, Timber was talking at TJF on Friday. It was the first one for the year in Rosebank, and it's going to alternate now. You know, we used to do it at Cresta and Hyde Park and Pretoria, and now it just sort of uh, oscillates between Pretoria one week and um, Rosebank, the Doppia Zero, the other week. And I saw Timber's message and I thought, ah, I've heard him on this. Um, but I'm, I'll just pop along just to support him. You never know who else is going to go at like quarter past six in the morning. It might just be Timber. You know. So we went along, George and Wendy were there. And again, I was just like, wow. It was just the stuff he brought out. It was incredible. I just loved it. And when I thought, I knew what he was going to say, I thought, ah, you preached on this last year. It was like, he was talking just about power. And I thought, did he plan it? It was Sona the night before, and there was all this power happening. Alan and Bev were at the mining in Darba. Bit of power struggle. There's always a bit of, you know, stuff happening. And that ended with Sona, and then Timba gets up and talks about it. I thought, oh, this is brilliant. And then he's talking, I thought, but this is half of what I want to say this morning. So it was, just, it was just amazing. And in the context, Jesus in John's gospel says, my kingdom, said Jesus, is not of this world. And so when he comes and he pronounces the kingdom of God, we actually need to stop and take note. Because unfortunately, Most of what we understand about kingdom is how the world understands kingdom and how the world does kingdom. And we have been, you know, immersed and indoctrinated and living in these kingdoms. You know, and whether it's a corporate kingdom or a family kingdom or whatever it is or, you know, a 
political kingdom of South Africa, what's happening in our continent, there are all these kingdoms. And sometimes that's just the way we think. We might not use that word, but Jesus used that word and for a specific purpose. So, interestingly, um, I've spoken before about some of the conflicting um, kingdoms of the time, particularly the kingdom of Caesar, and I'm not going to talk about his kingdom um, today. But kingdom, when Jesus used this word, he couldn't have used a more expansive and all-encompassing term. When Jesus talks about the kingdom, or if you're in a kingdom, you've got to think, nothing is excluded. Like, and if you think of the kingdom of God, nothing is excluded. So we need to get a, a feel for, for the, the sheer scale of what Jesus was working on. It's like the largest scale imaginable kingdom. He didn't say political party, tribe, Israel, and he said, I'm announcing the kingdom and the kingdom of God. And his intention at the outset was to establish a kingdom on earth, starting in Galilee and going to the ends of the earth. So sometimes we need to just go, this is complete overhaul. This is a rethink. This is, Timbers used this word before, this is regime change. That's your favorite one. That you, this is regime change. I've shared this example, but it, it just, I always think of it, it works so well. As a young pastor, I had this very successful businessman come to see me. And he was involved in management and in his own company and that. And he sat down and, and he said, um, you know, obviously using some of the management sort of paradigms of the day. And he said, you know, I feel like my business is going well and my personal life is going well. And he was just drawing all these pie graphs of his life. You know, and just, you know, that's the picture that he, that he gave to me. And, and the reason he was coming to see me is that this, this slice of his life, of spirituality and religion, he, he, that's the slice that's missing. I was like, boy, oh boy, that is just not kingdom. Because you take that pie and you just put a throne on top of it. That's the, <laughs> that's the deal. <laughs> you know? So when we talk about a kingdom and we, we invite God's kingdom, we're inviting, we are praying for regime change in our lives. Paradigms, we, we're praying that our world would turn upside down and we would change the way we think and change the way we live. Because the unfortunate thing about being in a kingdom you can be in the little part of a kingdom in, you know, KwaZulu-Natal or in um, the United Kingdom or, you know, but if you think of how in the ancient world kingdoms worked, is it was like, my dad used to say this, it's my way or the highway. <laughs> That's my, my dad, but in his house, 
you know, I would argue. We're not going, we're not going to do this, we're going to do that. It was like, it's my way or the highway kind of thing. And, and the thing about a king is a king brings his agenda. Kings rule. Kings demand subjects. A different way of life. We have a loving, gracious king that welcomes us into his family and wants to, he wants to introduce us to a different kingdom. But he, he completely scammed me. I mean, he really did. I mean, it was like Jesus did a used car sales pitch on me. It wasn't, it wasn't him, it was some of his people. Because when, when Bev and I were doing church and very excited about church and that, we used to do very dramatic altar calls and, you know, went off to, I was involved in the charismatic church, Rayma and things like that. And, and it was like, I was just buying in to the riches of the king. You know, not necessarily, but it was just all the king had to offer. It was like shiny jewels and crystals in Aladdin's cave, man. That was like, that was what I thought the kingdom was. You know, it's like eternal life and happiness and joy and being, you know, no, I was in. Of course I would be in. You know, sometimes, and then it was only later praying and I, I was going, what's this thing about Lord? It's like, what is this thing about Lord and King Jesus? Because for, for 18 years of my life, all I'd learned in this world was that I like to be Lord. You know, and I say this with my, with my kids and that kind of, it's like my house works best when I'm king. And God blessed me with Bev. And particularly with Sarah. Roy Kapiki. And she was like, ah, it doesn't work like that. <laughs> and it's like, and I mean, that's the amazing thing is I'm in this relationship with God. And I'm like, I'm in for everything you've got to give me. And then eventually I'm like, and who are you? And he's like, I'm the king. And I'm like, but I'm the king. <laughs> it's like, and I love the fact that Jesus is king. I think he should, he should extend his reign and his judgment on taxi drivers and politicians. And, like, I'm 100% in for that. Okay? But, but, like, and he's going, yeah, and you? I'm going, no. And, I mean, that's been, and literally, I mean, I'm, I'm this, you laugh and you joke, but that has been my story. And every time that there's been a clash of kingdoms in my life. It's invariably been stuff that I've held on to. I'm not letting that go. You know? It's like you see in these old movies when, like, you know, the, the king's forces come in and they go into a village and they're going to extract their tax. And, you know, people are just going, well, you know, this is... This, this is our seed for the month. And then the soldiers like rummage through the basement. They go, oh, there's a whole stash here. 
So that can work in a negative way. But I mean, that's, what I, that's how I experience my, my relationship with God. Because I go like, everything's fine and I can need some help there and everything like that. And then he goes and rummages around the basement. You know, it's like, there's this stuff in your past and there's all this like, you know, at this stage, who's this girl over here? And, um, you know, and then part of some of that was, and this is my future. This is what my future looks like. And then he scammed me on that as well. Now, literally, I remember as a young, young boy, and I, I, think, I think there was something of the Holy Spirit in this, but I, I grew up in a very um, liturgical, Catholic, Anglican church. You know what I mean? What is that? Any of that? Yeah. But it was very... I mean, the guy, the guy that was running St. Thomas's when I was there left to become a Catholic. So you must just know how Catholic it was when I was a teenager. And I remember sitting there in mass the one day going, God, I, and, I, and it's like a Kodak moment. And I was, yeah, I mean, I must have been like in primary school. And I remember saying, Lord, I'd love to give you my life. Just don't make me a priest. <laughs> I, rem I remember that clearly. If I was 10, I was old. I, I, and, and it's like, and God goes, I take the, I'm taking you at your word. You know, you can, I can have your life. <laughs> but, oh, that but. Oh. <laughs> it's always the but. <laughs> but. And, then, and then what we, we taught at school, and I, as, a, as a young boy in the family that I grew up in, the school that I grew up in, it was, it was just hammered into me. It's like from... I was 14 and then 15, what, are you, what, what career are you going to choose? You know, 14, 15, it was 13, 14, by 16. By 16, I'd made up my mind. I was like, cool, you know. Because that was the system. It was like, for me, we, we had a subject, guidance, I think now it's called LO. And guidance at school was like, you better flip and decide what you're going to do with your life before you leave here. Probably not, but that's how I act. And that was my folks. You know, and it was like, as a boy, you need to do maths and science. And, you know, we had these things of, as a boy, you have to do maths and science. I was so bad at those two. You know, and eventually, at, eventually, I was like, well, clearly my life can come to nothing because I'm not great at maths and science. You know, that was the system. All I'm saying, that was, that was how the kingdom worked in my family. Grandfather was a successful engineer. My dad was an executive in the bank. It was maths and science everywhere, everywhere you looked. And my mother just loved to read. She just loved books and loved reading. And I just loved books and reading and history and geography. And I can't do anything with that, obviously. You know, anyhow, going off piste again. So what am I saying out of that is that even sometimes, and this is just my story, there were these little basements 
every now and then I still stash some stuff down there and try and like put a new lock on. Okay, none of you do that. And then he's to say, well, I'm going to do this and I'm going to do this. And all I'm saying to you is that when we pray now, you are king, you are Lord, let your kingdom come. God loves that because on the one hand, he wants to invite us into this whole new world. One of the Disney movies I loved, they used to sing that, it's a whole new world. Who was Ariel or something like that? But there was another one. I think there was an aerial one as well. Aladdin. And I think there's something about that. It's like God is inviting us into a whole new world. But it is a different world. And it is a different way of living. But he is Lord. And he is King. And he is God. And he has a way of... He's very patient. But he has a way of going, this kingdom works best when I'm in charge. This kingdom works as a kingdom of God when God is king. And when we confess Jesus as Lord. And then we do the hard maths. And that's why I'm saying I'm so bad at this, because it's maths. Okay? You do the hard accounting of, well, what is on the side of the balance sheet or the, that, that you would like to reshuffle? You know, or, you know, just come and show me. Come and speak to me. Come and lead me. So that is the challenge, is the invitation, Jesus says, to life at its best. Um, and we see how God has come to give us life and life to the full. Again, John's gospel. And it is that, but Jesus says, this life, this world is broken. Jesus comes in to invite you into a new humanity to show us how to be fully human, fully created as God intended, fully alive with Him. But unfortunately, in the Wayne translation, you suck at it. <laughs> Alex can. We do. Because we've learned everything else. And we need to say, repent. And in the context of what Jesus, and we'll do this in two weeks' time, okay? Jesus was like, turn from your way. Turn from what you've learned. And just follow me. Come into relationship with me and learn from me. One of the, I think, the most quoted couple of verses in the Message Bible is Matthew chapter 11, where, where he says, learn from me the unforced rhythms of life. 
and that. So Jesus doesn't come and go, here's this whole kingdom, and impose it on us. The invitation in the Gospels, have I lost you? I'm landing soon. Now the teenagers are getting restless as well. I lost the children, now I'm losing the teenagers. This moment, now my wife is going to walk out and go have tea. So I'm going to end, let me end with this. Okay. It's like, <laughs> the invitation into the kingdom comes with Jesus saying, I know how to do this. This is my kingdom. This works. My goodness, I've lost Tommy as well. This is going <laughs> so badly. <laughs> this works best when you just follow me. Learn from me. And so I invite you this morning, invite you this morning just to bring what you've learned. Bring your paradigms of world and life and family and kingdom. And pray the very dangerous thing. It's like, I'm going to turn and follow you. And he's awful because he takes you at his word. And in a lovely way. And I've gone, we're going here. And he goes, no, we're not. We're going there. And then sometimes I go there, and like a toddler, I come screaming back, crying with a black eye. And he's going, now you ready? Let's go there. So Lord, so Lord, we just, we've done this before, and we want to do it again. We want to confess that you are Lord of the kingdom of God. And would you lead us away from the dark places, the destructive ways of living, the ways that we love and the ways that we've learned. And we say, let your kingdom come in our lives. Lord, bring the kingdom of God Bring a regime change and a, just a revamp of how to live life. And it begins with, we will follow you. And so just say that even in your heart this morning. Just as... The kids have closed the service. Just, Lord, we want to follow you.